It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Hope you are having a great Monday. So welcome to the Americhicks. With Kim Munson, where indeed we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, we need to be having conversations about these important events out there. Be sure and go to my website and sign up for my emails. We will send you uh, typically once a week upcoming uh, guests, topics, and events uh, and keep you informed on what's going on there. So go to my website, americhicks.com forward slash Kim. And uh, we will keep you informed on all of that, offering you a conservatarian perspective and uh, appreciate it if you would like and follow me on Facebook and Twitter as well. I am the Americhicks. So there is a lot that is going on out there. We're going to go through some headlines in segments one and two. And segments three and four is part two of uh, our um, conversation about vaccinations. As many of you know, there's this forced vaccination bill that is going through the House right now. It is House Bill 19. 1312, I would encourage that you uh, go take a look at that, read the bills so that you understand what's in there. It is, um, as I'm having conversations out there, I'm getting more and more worried about what is going on down there at the state legislature. So we'll talk with uh, Heather Laudenpera and Colleen Prane about what happened down at the Capitol when uh, this bill was uh, heard in committee. It is absolutely I don't know. I don't know what word to use. Astonishing, I guess. So we'll go into some headlines here in just a moment. But first of all, our quote for today is a little Calvin Coolidge. He says, industry, thrift, and self-control are not sought because they create wealth, but because they create character. Again, industry, thrift, and self-control are not sought because they create wealth, but because they create character. And that is Calvin Coolidge. And so, Steve, are you ready for this? This is a little story about Calvin Coolidge. Yeah, I saw the notes, and you have something else to say about Calvin Coolidge. Calvin Coolidge. Mrs. Coolidge. Mrs. Coolidge. So Let it rip. Okay. Once as First Lady, Mrs. Calvin Coolidge, she and the President visited a government farm on separate tours. She came to the chicken yard and showed some interest in a prize rooster. The farmer told her the rooster could mate several times a day. So Mrs. Coolidge said, tell that to the president when he comes by. So the farmer told the president, well, Coolidge asked, same hen every time? And the farmer replied, oh, no, Mr. President, a different hen every time. And Coolidge said, tell that to Mrs. Coolidge. That was Silent Cal. That was pretty gutsy for a Monday morning. <laughs> I guess we're, we're going to see if everybody's awake. That's what we're doing for sure. So uh, headlines, first of all. Sri Lanka, can you believe what happened yesterday on Easter morning? Uh, there was bombings in churches and hotels, and uh, the counts well over 200 people that died in these, uh, these attacks. And Christians are un- under attack all over the world right now, Steve. You know, I, okay, we have to let this investigation run its course, but all, with, with what they already know, 
couple with what producer Matt from KLTT had shared with us regarding uh, different things going on in France, even long before the uh, the fire at Notre Dame. Yeah, churches help, churches under attack in you, France. You can't help thinking that you know Islam is on the march, and you know Sharia law is is doing its thing, and it's scary. It's very frightening. Well, and there is no coexisting under Sharia law now. Certainly, uh, my understanding is is until. Those that believe in in Sharia law really feel like they're in a situation where they can get the upper hand. They kind of go along to get along, generally. But then once they feel that they have the upper hand, then it's like my way or the highway. And, uh, you know, we have cause for concern right here in the United States with these young socialists that uh, are in Congress now, as well as... Uh, certainly we talked with Frank Hawkins last week regarding Representative Ilhan Omar, uh, who is a representative from uh, Minnesota, and then also it's Representative Tlaib. I can't remember the state right off the the, uh, top of my head, but both of these women are Muslim. And there's no way that Sharia law and the U.S. Constitution can coexist. It just doesn't happen. There's going to be some kind of push at some point in time. And so that's why it's really important that we understand why we believe what we, what we believe. And so tonight is Vino and Veritas uh, at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial. And then we have started our, our uh, Vino and Veritas study of the Federalist Papers down in Castle Rock. That will meet next Sunday. And in May, we'll be starting Vino and Veritas in northern Colorado. If you are interested in Vino Veritas, go to my website, americhicks.com, or just email me, americhicks.com slash vino, and uh, we will let you know about upcoming um, Vino and Veritas, because we need to understand why this American idea is so important, what's unique about it, because we need to be able to converse about it. I had a conversation just last week with a friend of mine um, we were talking about the national popular vote, very well educated. And she said, well, I want to make sure that my voice is heard. And so that's why I think that this, um, you know, uh, push for the national popular vote to get rid of the electoral college is a good idea. And I explained to her that the electoral college was put in place to protect the minority, to protect the individual, to make sure that your vote counted and that um, the electoral Electoral College, the way the the number of electors is determined is each state gets um, the number of representatives they have to the House of Representatives. So that represents population. But then they also get the number of senators they have. So a little state, for example, like Wyoming, they get one uh, electoral vote for their representative, but they get two for their senators, which gives them more of a voice so that instead of the big population centers determining our voices, which is what this national popular vote would do, it protects the minority, it protects our voice, it protects us. And after the conversation, she said, you know, I didn't really understand the Electoral College, and we need to make sure that we do. And so that's why Vino and Veritas is so important. So if you are interested in that, go to americhicks.com forward slash vino, and we will get some information to you. Uh, one other thing, because of all the craziness that's going on down at the uh, state house. We are organizing a rally, Stand for Colorado. It's going to be on May 10th on the west steps of the Capitol. There will be concurrent uh, rallies, one in Grand Junction on the uh, steps of the old courthouse and one in Gunnison. And we are Coloradans. We're coming together 
to stand for Colorado because we care and we're concerned about what's going on in our state. And so uh, we need everybody to show up. Uh, I know that rush hour traffic is pretty crummy at that point in time, but you know what? Make extra plans, you know, to to make sure that you're there. And uh, I know people are busy, but if you can't make it, you need to make sure that you recruit others to be there. And that is StandForColorado.com. Go there for more information. We do have a number of the bills uh, highlighted there as well as the link to those bills so that you can go and read those. So very important, StandForColorado.com. And uh, let's see. One other thing regarding petition signing events, James uh, Takeda has... uh, all that information at, let's see, it's coloradanvote.org, coloradovote.org. Every day there's different places that you can go to sign the National uh, Popular Vote petition to get that on, on the ballot. And so be sure and check that out as well. So let's jump in here to the headlines. And first of all, uh, we had just mentioned uh, but these uh, attacks in Sri Lanka on Easter morning on churches and on a ho- hotels. Steve, <clears throat> it's just beyond belief what had happened there. I don't want to give him anybody, any, you know, on that side of the fence any credit, but in terms of their shock value, uh, they couldn't have done a better job. Well, of course. You know, and that was really the reason, you know, what they were thinking about. That's what they wanted to have happen. And, um, you know, I, I really, as I was heading into the sh- into the station today, I was thinking about... You know, America, the American idea has been under attack, this this whole intersectionality where the, I, I don't even know who to, who to call it, but I'm calling the, the radical activists that have taken over, you know, many of these seats. We have voted these people in because we've not been paying attention and because we've been, I, I think that we've been lazy. We've taken this American idea for granted. And so the real intersectionality is going to be, here in Colorado on May 10th, where we see people with all different kinds of concerns, whether or not it's the forced vaccination or the red flag bill that takes away due process or the hypersexualization of our kids with the sex ed bill, uh, taking away our voice with their national popular vote. I mean, we are, we are going to have an intersectionality of everyday hardworking Coloradans to finally say, wait a minute, we are watching, we are concerned. And the reason that we, we chose May 10th is uh, Governor Polis will be giving his State of the State address on May 10th uh, with the Denver Chamber at the Sewell Ballroom earlier in the day. And so it's important that we all come together to take a stand and give the optics that this isn't okay on what's going on in our state. So that is the first thing. Uh, let's see here. Patty, you know, she does such a great job on this. Um, let's see, 20 years. Oh, Columbine, 20 years on Saturday, was the uh, anniversary of that. Steve, I know that that's near and dear to your heart. Not near and dear, but it's on your heart. Let me say that. Well, yes, I talked to that family member who's closest to it to see how the day went. And they said it was very well planned out, thought out. And his assignment was to stay close to the, the high school while the event was going on. Clement Clement Park and at the memorial, he said, you know, people will still come to the high school. Most are relatively reverent, quiet, you know, and and just want to see, you know. But there's always the the nut jobs who want to come and like they want to rip off a doorknob or something like that. And it's, you know, just so they can have a piece of it. And, you know, this 20 years later, it's like you would hope that things would have mellowed out a little bit. But yet there's always a few. 
Well, that's for sure. And Laura Carno did an excellent uh, op-ed over the weekend, and there's a young guy who was was a, a victim there. He he survived at Columbine, but he is really an advocate for school staff and teachers to be armed. And this, uh, and as you know, Laura's doing this this program called Faster, where and we talked with Turnquest about that on Friday, where. Uh, teachers and uh, staff go through its rigorous training. In fact, they have to do better than what law enforcement does on their test. And uh, this young guy that that was um, a victim at Columbine makes the case that, you know, teachers and staff, they put themselves between killers and the students, and we need to make sure that they have a fighting chance on that. We're going to go to break, and when we come back, we'll go through some more headlines. And then in segment three and four, We'll be talking with moms Heather Laudenpera and Colleen Prane regarding what happened down at the hearing at the Capitol uh, about this uh, House bill, uh, let's see, 1312, which is the forced vaccination bill. Before we do that, though, the Avs' eighth seed knocked off the first seed, and they are moving on in the NHL playoffs. And so we're waiting to find out who else wins and who will be playing. Tomorrow night, the Nuggets fight the Spurs in the paint to determine the winner of Game 5 in their uh, playoffs. The series is tied 2-2. And the Rockies took three games in their homestand against the Phillies this weekend. Washington Nationals are coming to town for a three-game homestand uh, this week. And uh, Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. It's the place to watch all the games. Wednesdays are wing day. And all the wings you can eat for fourteen ninety nine. The smoked wings are delish, and they're only half the calories. And you can have Hooters wings delivered to your front door. You can stop by and pick them up and take them home. Or you can have a great time and watch all these games at Hooters. So for more information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. And be sure and let them know that you know the AmeriChicks. We will be right back uh, with more headlines. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today, 303-888-2732. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and AmeriChick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at AmeriChicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, 
Let's have a conversation. Be sure and go to my website and sign up for my emails, americhicks.com forward slash Kim. And uh, be sure and like me on Facebook and Twitter as well. Also, uh, go to the website, standforcolorado.com. There's all kinds of information there. Be sure and sign up there as well so we can keep you informed of all the information coming up regarding the upcoming rally at the Capitol on May 10th. Let's get through some a few more of these uh, headlines here, Steve. I'm just going to mention uh, Mike Fields had written a, a very important op-ed uh, over the weekend regarding Colorado's economy. Colorado's economy has been hot, and we've gotten great reports on that. But with the Dems in control, they're doing all kinds of things that could possibly put the skids on this. And I, I realize there is a bipartisan <laughs> – They've come, both Republicans and Democrats have come uh, together to uh, – some of them want to try to get rid of Tabor, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. They're doing – uh, all kinds of things to circumvent it, to go around. They're calling taxes fees so they don't have to ask the people if uh, if they uh, can raise those. And we see that in the family leave bill. That is going to possibly, uh, if it goes through, raise taxes, payroll taxes, by about, I think it's a billion dollars I saw. And uh, that's uh, pretty significant. If, if, uh, if we're going to be putting a billion dollars towards the family leave legislation, that means that there's going to be a billion dollars that's going to be taken out of employers' and employees' pockets. So let's just think about it. That's a billion dollars less that people have to spend here in this economy here in Colorado. Steve? Well, you know, in our in our notes that Patty provided, she's talked about after four years of Jimmy Carter, President or President candidate Ronald Reagan just looked into the camera. I'll, I'll never forget it. Are you better off than you were four years ago? How long do the you know the people down at the <laughs> Golden Dome think they can go on before people start to notice what's happening? Well, I think that's why. I mean, they are on a tear, uh, and I, in a way, I think it's a positive, a positive because the veil is off. We see what this agenda is, but there is so much potential damage that's being done. And of course, this whole group has another legislative session as well next year. Uh, although I think they're trying to ram through all of this stuff this year so that they're hoping that voters will forget uh, next next year and then when we go to the ballot box. But I don't think that's the case. We have an intersectionality of all kinds of people that are really concerned about all this legislation that's going through. So speaking of that, Senate Bill 181, which in essence will shut down oil and gas development here in Colorado and uh, petroleum products make our lives better. And, and whether or not you are a conservative, a libertarian, a Democrat, or a radical activist, uh, it makes your life better. I had mentioned that I'd been uh, out at the airport in San Francisco and was uh, waiting for my bags there. And a couple of guys were also waiting for their bags. They had backpacks on that looked like they'd been trekking through, you know, like Mount Everest. And I just looked at their backpacks, just what they had in the petroleum, just the clips. You know, that was petroleum-based. Their shoes were had petroleum-based products in it. And so if we shut down oil and gas development, it's not just the assault on fuel for our cars and keeping our, our homes warm. And if we move to total, by force, solar and wind, that's going to increase the costs of our energy, which hurts everyday hardworking people. But petroleum products make our lives better. And here we have Polis. Uh, this is by Michael Sandoval. He said that Polis, the Dems, and the Greens are touting the end of the oil wars in signing Senate Bill 181. 
Polis said, Today, with the signing of this bill, it is our hope that the oil and gas wars that have enveloped our state are over. My gosh, Steve. I think that, that uh, <laughs> I think he's talking about the demise of oil and gas right here in Colorado. The way you couch words uh, sometimes, and it's, it's, it's everywhere in, in, in all levels of government, but it's, it's not so much what you say. Sometimes it's what you don't say. Uh, it's a, a mix of half-truths. And the influence that you, you exert on people, and again, people who are not thinking things through, it's, it's incredible. And it's, it's, it's a huge negative. Well, it is a huge negative. And uh, then there's a new study. This is from the Daily Sentinel that uh, says the, perhaps the clearest picture yet of the oil and gas industry's contribution to the regional economy. And uh, basically they were saying, I think it's the Piscean Basin, uh, you know, has been very important to, um, you know, that, their particular area. And uh, the rig count had gone down significantly uh, from August of 2008 to in May, two, uh, so in August of 2008, they had 105 rigs in the Piscine Basin, and in May of 2016, they had two. And so total employment in the Basin's counties, excluding Gunnison, fell by 27,000 as major producers began shedding their Piscine Basin assets. Steve, that is just the beginning. Uh, you know, a good friend of mine who's in the oil and gas business, they've decided that it's a little, it's a small firm, about probably about four or five people. They're pulling up stakes and they're moving to Texas. And so it begins. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of people that say, hey, it's, it, you know, it doesn't, um, it's not going to affect me. But you know what? It will affect you. If you've been pleased with your house values, if you own a home, as we start to see people leave the state, it's a supply and demand thing. You're going to start to see your home values go down. You're going to start to see uh, less tax revenue. That it, there's significant tax revenue that was generated by the oil and gas business that went to schools and libraries and roads. Somebody's going to have to make that up, and that somebody is you and me. Amen. Okay. Let's, uh, let's go ahead. We talked about the uh, Sunday explosions for Easter on the national <clears throat> and international level. Excuse me. <clears throat> it's Monday morning, Steve. Um, but we wanted to talk about this last thing that Patty had put put out. This was, uh, is America turning into a nation of dunces? There were some key takeaways. She said uh, in this article, uh, it's by Thomas Jipping, that today 60% of college graduates cannot name a single step necessary to ratify a constitutional amendment. 10% of the college graduate survey thought that Judge Judy is currently serving on the Supreme Court. You know, and, and, and people are taking out significant loans to make sure that they get college degrees, and this is what we have. And, Steve, I think you mentioned this. There is, and you can Google it. It is the, eight, the um, exam for eighth grade graduation from Salina, Kansas, in like 1890-something. I would venture to say that many of us cannot answer the questions on that particular eighth grade exam. I'm, sh- I'm not even sure if doctoral candidates could actually answer those questions. So my friends, our country, if we don't understand why we, you know, why we are who we are, then we're in a load of trouble here. So that's why we're doing Vino and Veritas. So be sure and check that out. Americhicks.com forward slash Vino. We'll get you information on that. Um, 
Let's see here. We're close. Is Jason on the line yet? Okay. Uh, Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management. How was your Easter? Oh, it was it was great. Uh, had the kids over. Uh, a lot of good ham and potatoes, and and then wake up this morning to this uh, wet, dreary weather, which <laughs> actually I kind of like. It's nice, and it's going to get the grass all green. That's right. We don't have to do all that watering for right now. So yeah, a nice yeah. little rain. So so uh, what's on your mind today, Jason? Well, it's funny. I heard you guys talking about the um, uh, the oil. Uh, wars supposedly being over, and it occurred to me that a lot of uh, people in Wyoming or te- in Texas are going to say, boy, I wish all these people from Colorado would stop moving here. <laughs> I, I actually think that is true. I've heard that from some of the states. They're like, you know, if you're messing your state up, just stay there. Don't come here. Of course, we've said that about Californians coming here. So, Although there's yeah. some wonderful Californians. But, uh, yeah, this uh, the Senate Bill 181 is signed. I, I mean, I can't even believe it, uh, Jason. Well, I would have been shocked if it didn't get signed. I mean, like you guys have been saying, they have uh, pretty much complete control of the legislation, so they're they're just going to do whatever they want to do, uh, whether the people have already spoken on it or not. Well, and uh, we're going to have more information about that in the segments three and four. We're going to have two moms on who were down at the Capitol for the hearing in committee on this um, forced vaccination bill. And uh, they were there until 4.30 in the morning, if you can believe it. And these uh, legislators did not listen to them. And so these people are not representing us. There is an agenda, and I, I, I'm very troubled by it, Jason. Yeah, it is uh, uh, very tough to take. And if I might shift just for a minute here, Kim, I yes. wanted to talk about the markets because it's interesting that all the major indexes, Dow, NASDAQ, S&P, they're, they're within about 2% of their all-time highs here. And I was having some fun with that on uh, Friday, kind of making some smart-alecky comments. But I think it's, it's interesting to watch what happens here. Uh, you know, the market will tend to hit a little bit of resistance at a previous high point, uh, especially at an all-time high. And that, that wouldn't be bad, you know, if it, if it took just a little bit of a rest, uh, kind of like, you know, coiling it up like a spring and then uh, blasted past the old highs, we may get another really nice uptrend. Uh, because for the most part, really, we've had some big swings back and forth, Kim. But we've been going sideways since January of 2018, so this is almost... You know, a year and a quarter, a year and a half that we've been building what I would call a base or a sideways pattern. And that, that's kind of like building up energy sometimes for the next uh, big blast off. So it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, if we can uh, uh, push past those old highs. That sounds, um, well, it's pretty fascinating. And betting on the American economy is typically over the long term been a pretty good thing to do. So now you guys will sit down, you and uh, your guys and gals over at Presidential Wealth Management, and you'll help folks. You'll look at their nest eggs. And uh, every individual, it's, you know, when it comes down to it, I love the market, love the economy, but it's the everyday, it's your own personal economy that really matters to people. Well, I think that's true. It's it's good to keep an eye on the markets and know what's happening, but understand that there's all kinds of different investments out there and ways to kind of put them together to get your puzzle 
uh, with the picture that you want to have on there. And that that's what I think we're good at helping people do is get that put together. Uh, you know, helping you select investments can be part of that as well at the end of the process. But I, I think really understanding where you're at and where it could be taking you is uh, is step one. Well, for sure. So uh, for more information, that's chicks, uh, check out chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. And the phone number there is 303-694-1600. 303-694-1600. Jason, we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Have a great show, Kim. Okay, thanks. Have a great day. Bye. And uh, so we will be right back. We are, we're going to be talking with Colleen Prane. And uh, Heather Laudenpera, there are a couple of moms that are very concerned about this House Bill 191312, which is the forced vaccination bill. And this is Kim Munson. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the Americhicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And coming soon, Vino and Veritas in Northern Colorado. Know why you believe what you believe and be able to have conversations with friends, family, and colleagues. The Americhicks with Kim Munson would like to thank Bullets Both Ways in Centennial and Auto Fireguard in Castle Rock for sponsoring this fascinating study of the U.S. Constitution. Sign up today at americhicks.com. In the wee small Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. And uh, I appreciate it if you like and follow me on Facebook and Twitter as well. This is part two of this conversation regarding vaccinations. I tell you, uh, Steve, we had um, so many people are concerned and interested in this. We had Heather Laudenpera on and, and uh, Pam Long. Uh, we thought we were going to have on and her. Um, she's not feeling well, her, her voice I guess, isn't working as well as she would like this morning. So in her place, we have Colleen Prane. So Heather, welcome. Thank you, Kim. Good morning. And Colleen, welcome. Good morning, Kim. Thank you. Now, I understand both you ladies are a little short on sleep because you were down at the Capitol for the hearing uh, in committee on House Bill 1913-12. So Heather, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, Kim, one thing I want to say is that some of your listeners may be thinking, what does 1312 have to do with me? I don't have kids, or my kids are vaccinated, or, or whatever. So I want to explain a couple things of why everyone should be really concerned. This hearing was not a democratic process. We had uh, hundreds and hundreds of testifiers for uh, voting no on HB 13 that got there early. Many of us were there around 10 a.m., 
so that we could be outside the hearing room, so that we could sign up for testimony. Um, we were crammed into the hallway. Uh, the hearing was supposed to happen at 1.30. The hearing didn't start till 2.30. Uh, they didn't open the doors until well after 1.30, uh, maybe 2. We were out there for hours, jammed together in that hallway. When they finally opened the doors, we walked in to find out that at least 56 seats in the center were reserved. <clears throat> they, put, they let parents in 12 at a time or testifiers in 12 at a time. No saving seats. Get over to your seat. We got down. We got uh, people in there. Then the fillover went into two different hearing rooms and for, or two different listening areas. And for a very long time, there were people that had nowhere to go to hear the hearing. There were people in the hallways with their injured kids waiting, waiting, waiting for this testimony. And then the uh, hearing started, and they went into panels of four, um, pro and against, and uh, ultimately ran out of the pro testimony quite quickly and then we heard the opposing testimony until 3.30 in the morning. And finally... At, and opposed at, to 13.12. So, so. Uh, I'm sorry. Pro, yes, opposed to 13.12. We heard that testimony until about 3.30 in the morning. There were mothers there with their disabled children waiting to testify at 3 in the morning. And not everyone got heard. People had to go home because they had to go to work. They had to go take care of their children the next day. All of the pro side went home until the very end when one final witness was escorted in by a security guard and was, uh, I guess, given the job of wrapping up and discounted all of the testimony that was given that day by the opposing side. Uh, wow. telling them that there was misinformation. Um, the contrast between uh, the parties listening was amazingly evident. Uh, the Republicans asked very uh, good questions, paid attention. Um, the Democrats, unfortunately, a lot of times were looking at their phone or conversing with one another. Um, the bill sponsor left the room several times. It was, it was not a democratic process. And Colleen can talk about the amendments, but there were amendments made, and they were all rejected. And, um, and so that's why people should be concerned, because this is how our legislation is being run. I was shocked. I was shocked and disgusted. And, and I also want to tell you, if it's all right, just a little bit about what this bill does, because there are people who are thinking this doesn't affect me, and it absolutely may. Um, this bill seeks to double our vaccination schedule that's required for school, and it would require parents to get their children an, a yearly flu shot and the HPV vaccine, which is very controversial to many people. The uptake on that is, uh, is very low, um, and for over 50% of children are not getting that HPV shot. This would require it, and there's a lot of people that are concerned about that shot for different reasons. Um, so this bill it has the potential to, to affect so many parents in this state, up to 85% of the parents in this state. And if you don't want your children to have one of the 53 shots on that schedule, you have to go in person to the health department to get an exemption so they can give you a certificate to take to your school in person. Um, and so there are potentially... But then after that, they log you into a database for tracking as a non-complier. That's an alarming part as well, is that if you don't agree with what they're doing, you have to sign a, a form with compelled speech. 
saying that you know you're putting your child in the community at risk, which in other states has set it up for CPS to file child neglect charges and actually take kids away from their parents. And so then once you disagree and you're not doing what the government wants you to do, then they put your children's personally identifiable information into a database according to which shots they have not received. That includes their date of birth, their name, their address. And as we can see is what's happening in New York this week, then they can come when, they, when the government sees fit and then they can regulate mandatory vaccinations. People in New York have been getting a $1,000 fine in jail time if they don't vaccinate, including the MMR virus, uh, the MMR vaccine for six months old when the vaccine insert says that it's not for anybody under the age of 12 months. So it's, it's very dangerous, this part of the bill. Yes, and Kim, I'd like to also add into that that this uh, compelled speech form, you know, there's, there's shots on here that aren't communicable in a school setting. I would hope not. The HPV vaccine is not communicable in a school setting. Uh, it it's protects about, against cervical cancer. Um, so this, these parents would be logged into a database for uh, refusing that vaccine. And we've seen where uh, in Indiana and Michigan in 2015, thousands and thousands of families received uh, letters from their health department instructing them to go and get their children the HPV vaccine. This, their state health department did not let them know that this isn't required for school. It clearly singled out one particular vaccine that they were wanting to push and sent it to these parents who were in this database, in their, in their immunization database, and, uh, and sent letters out compelling parents to go get this vaccine that isn't even required for school, nor is it communicable in a school setting. And parents have no idea when they, you get a letter from your health department, you think that it's something you have to do. So this is really troubling. Well, it is troubling. And, and Colleen, thank you for jumping in there on that. But as you're talking about this, I'm thinking that, you know, there's been this narrative out there about big pharma. And of course, the implication is that there's one political party that is uh, in the pocket for big business, and the other is standing for the little guy. What what you're what you're saying here is 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 that narrative. What I'm seeing is that narrative is not true. It was the the Dems that did not even take any amendments down here at the state capitol. And then let's just think about what that does for sales for a pharmaceutical company. If you can force every kid in the country to have to have a vaccine. For example, the HPV, the only way that you can get, um, you know, or ha- have problems with HPV, it was my understanding, or typically, is regarding, um, s- you know, se- sex. And so what you're saying is, is these are not, that is not a, a, a vaccination that's necessary for being in school. Is that right, Heather? Is that what you're saying? That's right. And it's true. And what this bill would also do that's extremely troubling is it would mandate the full CDC schedule as required for school bypassing our existing existing stakeholder process that we have in place in Colorado. Ah. It would also allow our Board of Health to add vaccines that aren't even on the ACIP CDC schedule, bypassing the stakeholder process. Oh, and, and I read the bill, Heather, and that really was troubling. So we now have an unelected bureaucratic board that could force our kids to have vaccinations that we don't even know were out there. And, you know, ladies, Colleen, um, on the last conversation, I mean, I've vaccinated my kids, and I really came to this conversation of, you know, I think it's important that we vaccinate, but as I've talked to Heather, and as I've looked at this bill and then looked at the players, 
you know, the, the, and, the, and the force and, and the fact of not listening to people and forcing something to our kids. I mean, I'm like seeing danger, danger on this, Colleen. There, there's sirens going off in my head. They're screaming. Um, I was at the Capitol most days last week, and the pharmaceutical lobbyist who is working on this bill and pushing this bill has given her personal information to all the legislators. Uh, specifically the Democratic representatives, and she has advised them to not listen to what the moms who are coming to them are saying and to call her directly. And I was with one mom who had the bill in her hand with this representative, and she said on these lines of the bill right here, pointing to them, reading them to him, she said, this is how this is going to impact my child. And he said, that's not true. He said, "That's, that's not what's in the bill. She said, and she was reading the bill to him. And he said, hang on a moment. And he put her on hold and he called the pharmaceutical lobbyist on speakerphone and, and asked her, her the question. She said, no, that's not true. That's not what's going to happen. And then the mom piped up and said, I'm sorry, but I do understand this bill. I'm reading it to him and that is how it's going to affect my child. And she said, representative so-and-so, would you please take me off speakerphone so we can speak privately? And the next day I went back to this representative with this mom again and we said, we want to look at this bill with you. We want an hour of your time in a private, quiet setting so we can go through the bill line by line. And he said, I'm talking to you right now. That's all you're going to get. He said, it doesn't say that in the bill. And I said to him, how can you listen to a pharmaceutical lobbyist who is making money and who will profit off of this bill passage and not listen to the mothers who are trying to fight for the health and well-being of our children? I said, you are not in our homes. You are not paying our medical bills when we're trying to recover them from vaccine injury. You are not there crying with them to take care of them and raising this child. I said, how can you not listen to us and disregard what we're saying and opt for someone who's going to profit off of this? And he said, I'll be back. And he walked away from us and he never came back. Okay. If you I... go to Open Secrets. Oh, go ahead. If you go to OpenSecrets.org, you can actually look at how much money politicians have received from pharma. And it is both Republican and Democratic. It's all across the board. But what we saw is a blatant disregard for what parents were going through. If, can I tell you about the amendments that the Republicans proposed at the end of the hearing? Yeah, let's go to break. Uh, we're going to, okay. this is such an important conversation. So this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. And we are talking with two moms, Heather Laudenpera and Colleen Prane, who were down into the wee hours of the, the night at the uh, hearing at in committee for this forced vaccination bill here in Colorado. It's House Bill 19. 1312. And yes, let's hear about these amendments and what happened with that. So we will be right back. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich and Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich and Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich and Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich and Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich and Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. 
Come join the 88 Drive-In this weekend to celebrate our 43rd season. We're open Thursday through Sunday. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Starting Friday, this week's features will include Shazam, Isn't It Romantic, and Us. And remember our popular Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation. And we are having a conversation. I offer the conservatarian perspective. And uh, have on the line with me Colleen Prane and Heather Laden a couple of moms concerned about this forced vaccination bill, House Bill 1913-12. And my friends, I just, you know, I, I have to look at the players. When I was in the investment business, I, I always kind of had to, you know, check my gut as I was looking at different you know, people that might come in and make presentations regarding investments or whatever. And, and uh just kind of have to check my gut on the players on this whole thing. And as uh, Heather and Colleen have been describing this, the the Democrats did not take any amendments. They didn't listen to any of the moms there. And uh, I've always been pretty much pro-vaccination. I, I, I thought it was important. I vaccinated my kids. And I've always thought it was, was important. And as I'm looking at this, though, this is way beyond what we used to do. I mean, Heather, you said that there's 53 vaccinations that are currently on the schedule. And this bill gives full reign for an unelected board to determine what else will be forced into children's bodies. And parents, what you guys just described on this thing in New York, I tried to Google it. I'm not finding a whole bunch of information about this. What happened in New York quickly? Uh, Colleen, do you want to take that? Or Heather, do you want to take that? Colleen can do that. So um, with the measles outbreak that was happening, it happened in a largely unvaccinated area of Orthodox Jews who do not vaccinate because it's against their religion to inject some of the ingredients into their bodies. And so there was an outbreak is considered anything over three cases, just to give you a context of outbreak. Um, The measles can have side effects that are harmful, but by and large, it's a very benign disease, actually. Um, it's a rash that lasts about a week. There's a fever. And, you know, a long time ago, people would encourage their kids, you know, their parents would try to get their kids the disease, kind of like they used to do with chickenpox. And then they would take care of it and they would move on. And then those people had life, lifelong immunity and they, you know, would protect the other people in their community, which is a whole other story we could talk about on another show of herd immunity. Um, anyway, so because the officials were capitalizing on the fear around the measles outbreak at this time, there was an order saying that no unvaccinated children could go anywhere in public places for 30 days. This was about three to four weeks ago. And so that was taken to court and a judge overruled it, saying that that was not constitutional and that you couldn't tell these people they couldn't go into public places. There had been a fine and jail time associated with that. So after that, Mayor de Blasio decided that that was not okay, and he ordered, he and the health department ordered for three zip codes within New York City to everybody had to have um, mandatory vaccinations on the MMR virus. And if they didn't have it within 48 hours, they could get jail time and a $1,000 fine. So 
um, Google has changed its algorithms, actually. If you Google things about vaccines on, on Google, it's only going to populate the things that add to the narrative of how dangerous they are. I'd be happy to send you some information on what's going on there after the show. Um, so that's the situation in New York. Now, okay, now just clarify. Google is pro-vaccination or, or not? They're, they're pro-vaccine. They, they went along with what Facebook and YouTube and Pinterest have done. Um, Adam Schiff had, have Schiff called for them to, you know, get away from any kind of, they call it anti-vaccine sediment. Um, so they've changed their algorithm. So when you do searches, pro-vaccine messages come up and things that are counter to that argument are being pushed down further in the search results. Okay. Kim, may I jump in for just one sure. second? Sure. Go ahead, Heather. I, I really, I have trouble with this pro-vaccine versus anti-vaccine rhetoric because I mm-hmm. vaccinated my children and they, I took a very, very, very long time to do that. I used exemptions the whole way so that they could get the required shots for school. And I, 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 but you said you did them one at a time, have, right? Yeah. You were very careful yeah. about that. Okay. I was very careful. And um, it, I, it required me to use exemptions. There's a lot of parents out there. This isn't a black and white issue. This isn't pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine. This is, and I, I am absolutely horrified that my kids would have to get 21 more shots and some very controversial vaccines if this bill passes. But this isn't a pro-vaccine. You know, everyone testifying on this is, is not, not vaccinating their children at all. Some people use one, <clears throat> exempt from one vaccine. So I'd like to, like, I'd like to clear that up. This pro-vax, anti-vax thing is a way to divide us. And that is happening in everything in our country. And it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. We are not divided as a people. You know, I think if parents spoke with one another, we would see how much we have in common. And I just really want people to understand that. For so sure. where the anti-vax label came from was actually by people who are trying to further these mandates and mandatory vaccinations. It's a very derogatory term because I know a lot of people in this movement, and I'll tell you my kids are partially vaccinated, and I don't know a single anti-vaxxer. Everybody that I know is 100% in favor of anybody receiving a vaccine who wants to receive a vaccine. We're not telling people they shouldn't vaccinate. We're saying we reserve the right to decide what and when things will be injected into our children's bodies and that we as Americans have constitutional rights to keep that matter private and that if we see fit not to do that, whether it's for medical reasons or religious reasons or personal conviction because we've researched the ingredients, that it's our right to decide these are our bodies they're our jurisdiction this is not something that that anybody should be telling anybody else what to do let alone the government mandating what gets injected into our bodies well and it, on the, oh, go ahead well and de blasio new york is a sanctuary city so he seems to have no problem with bringing in thousands of people that are not vaccinated but yet a parent that does not vaccinate doesn't vaccinate their child he wants to put them in jail i mean something there's something fishy going on here colleen this is such an important conversation and we're getting close to end of time let's talk a little bit about these amendments uh that were put forth sure so there were six amendments uh the first one was to exclude homeschoolers from this bill give them complete immunity if you will from this bill um the second one was to make sure that all that because the bill calls for educational materials to be created by CDPHE and updated on an annual basis only on the, the, the benefits of vaccines. And so the amendment proposed that it would just add the risks 
as well, not just benefits, but benefit and risk. Uh, the third one was to remove the re- requirement to appear in person to get the exemption signed and filed with CDPHE. Um, that's because they wanted to protect parents from having to potentially give fingerprints or pictures or anything like that. That was shut down as well. Uh, require doctors to give parents the ingredient list of vaccines along with the vaccine insert and a list of possible side effects and how to report any adverse reactions. Like, that makes pretty much common sense. Sure. You know, this is what you're getting. These are the, the, the ingredients inside of them. These are the side effects, and this is what you should do if you have these side effects. That was rejected. Um, it was The next one was to proactively clarify that doctors cannot file information into CIIS if the parent wants to opt out. Right now, it's the um, Colorado Immunization Information System, and every single person in Colorado, adults too, is put into this system unless you opt out. So it's automatic opt-in. You have to fill out a form and tell CDPHE if you don't give them their, your permission to track them. So they, they just wanted to have the doctors proactively say, hey, if you don't want us to put this information in CIIS, then we won't do it. Now, to clarify, CIIS is not even the tracking system that CDPHE is going to use for non-compliers. This is a completely separate database. Um, And then the last amendment was to specify how much personal information can be released to the government on the exemption form. It wanted to take out compelled speech and add a time frame and boundaries on the data life. So basically, this is common sense. This is GDPR. This is something that's been happening for over a year in the EU whereas, as in regards to housing data, protecting that data, and then having to have a sunset on that data and when the government can no longer house it. And these were all completely rejected. Was it rejected along party lines? Yes. Okay, so the, the Democrats were uh, rejected all these. Uh, yeah, a lot of that makes common sense. Okay, ladies, we're just about out of time. Heather, what's the next step? What's going to happen now? What should we do? Well, we are uh, waiting uh, to see when this will be read in the full House floor. Then it'll go to the Senate committee. Um, what people can do is write to their legislators, go in person, talk to your legislator, call them, tell them that you are opposed to this bill and this type of of um, tracking of our children and mandating without, uh, without, you know, uh, proper due process. And also, I just want to mention, too, that this is uh, a zero note on this fiscal bill, and there are clear unfunded mandates to the schools and the health departments. So this is not going to be zero dollars for the schools to run after children every year for a flu shot. And for the health departments, I don't believe these people in the health department will be meeting with parents for free, yet this is a zero dollar fiscal note. So I think people need to talk to their legislators about that. How, how is this type of legislation, a zero-dollar fiscal note, where is our money going? How, you know, these unfunded mandates are unacceptable. And we need to be going out en masse, talking to our legislators, showing up at these hearings, um, well, Heather, writing, calling. <laughs> for sure. Heather and Colleen, I think we're going to have to have a part three on this show. This is really important. So thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you, Thank Kim, you so, so much, much for have having Have a great me. day. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, well jam-packed show. We'll, uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. But our quote for today is Leonardo da Vinci. He says, I love those who can smile in trouble, who can gather strength from distress, and grow brave by reflection. Tis the business of little minds to shrink, but they whose heart is firm and whose conscience approves their conduct 
will pursue their principles unto death. Leonardo da Vinci. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America.